We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived, and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong. So whatever your passion is, BetOnline is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Remember, blue wire, all one word. Blue wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter New York Giants podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Pilato. On today's podcast, we're going to dive into the latest on the Giants offseason front with some free agency buzz, some draft buzz, and as we move forward, you can expect an uptick in podcasts as we'll soon be dropping some free agency-focused podcasts leading up to March 16th when the news will start dropping. We're also going to do podcasts like we're trying out today, which is kind of a recap of the latest rumors, reports, and buzz on the draft, on free agency, and then our key takeaways from all of that. So as always, if you do enjoy the show, please help us grow it. We won't ask much, but if possible, we will ask you to spread the word actively to Giants friends and family, to make sure you hit that download button wherever you access our podcast, and to rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. That's all we're ever going to ask, and it does us a huge, huge, huge help and service in helping us grow this thing, and that's what we want to do. 
more content, the better. So without further ado, let's drop, dive into the, some of the latest free agency rumors and buzz surrounding the Giants as we head into the brink of free agency. Obviously, we said we have a couple more weeks, but we'll start, Nick. We'll start this thing off with some actual news, and that is the team's reported decision, at least according to ESPN's Field Yates, to exercise the contract option for backup quarterback Alex Tanney for the 2020 season. Nick, what do you make of this? I'm a huge fan of this because I believe we've kind of uh, talked about this throughout the season, that Alex Tanney was going to be groomed to be the backup for Daniel Jones. And it seems like the two players have a really good rapport. Obviously, Eli Manning has moved on. He's retired now. And I believe it's understated amongst fans that having a backup quarterback is an incredibly important thing, especially for a young quarterback. So I love the fact that they did extend him, have him compete, see if he can really hold that duty without Eli there. And then hopefully the rapport will be good enough and he could be this backup to Daniel Jones and help Jones's growth. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, you know okay with the move. I wouldn't say I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, I'm fine with it. I like what I've seen from Alex Tanney in preseason work. I think he is an unconventional backup quarterback. He's an unexpected backup quarterback given his career trajectory and his current age. But I don't think any of that really matters because if there's talent there and if he can succeed, and most importantly, if he can do what Nick was talking about and help Daniel Jones in his development, well, then you've got yourself a success. And there's a few things to keep in mind as we move forward with this Tanny uh, option exercise. First of all, it's important to note that this does not guarantee him a roster spot for the 2020 season. Tanny's contract option is a very small one, and it comes with very little guaranteed money. So essentially, he's just not a camp arm, but he's someone who can easily be cut by the first day of cuts, or the final day of cuts, I'm sorry, in early September, and the Giants can wash their hands of it without almost any dead salary cap hit for the 2020 season or beyond that. So really, it's 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 really just, to me, a, a formality. Because listen, the Giants lost their backup quarterback. That's Eli Manning. He retired this offseason. As of now, the only really other option behind Jones on this roster is Tanny. And as you guys saw at the Combine, this isn't really a, de- a deep quarterback position. Uh, obviously, the combine isn't a good example of that. But, you know, if you've watched some tape on these guys, there's a, there's a couple intriguing options. But, you know, some of those are waning by the day. Um, so as we look forward, I think the Giants will be players in free agency for a veteran backup quarterback. I don't think this is the last stop for the Giants at the quarterback position behind Daniel Jones. I think there will be three guys in camp and it'll be Tandy's job to lose, potentially, depending on who they bring in. So, Nick, my question for you is, do you see that any differently or do you see him as kind of that, you know, competitor camp arm, not camp arm, but type of guy that, you know, is not locked into this number two job? Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a lock by any means. You still need to go out there and earn it. And you do have another offensive coordinator coming in with a totally different system. So you have to see if you can master that. And I mean, for me personally, it's all about the development of Daniel Jones right now, because if he goes down, I'm not 100 percent sure where this team would be. And the team has so many holes on this roster that you need to focus and allocate your draft picks and your money in that direction rather than bringing, I don't want to say a more competent guy because you want competence there, but I'm just hoping that Tanny can compete and win that job. And I'm sure they're going to bring some street free agents in there, some maybe some undrafted free agents to see if they can ball out and see if they can catch lightning in a bottle in that way to get a second stringer. But it's all about uh, the development of Daniel Jones, and it seems like Tanny has that rapport. Yeah. I think it's it's a it's the right move. I think it's the expected move. Now, Nick, let's move a little forward to what I consider to be one of the juiciest Giants rumors. 
uh, around in the last, you know, several months. And it comes from a somewhat unlikely source, the talented Mr. Roto. At least that's how I know him. And at least that's how I knew him when I first discovered his work on rotoworld.com back in 2006 for anyone had any clue what Rotoworld was or what the, what the fantasy football industry would blossom into. But now he's ESPN's fantasy insider, and that's Matthew Berry. And he wrote in his column that NFL insiders, quote unquote NFL insiders, know further you know, information on who they may be or if they're within the Giants organization or another organization. But he said these, quote unquote, NFL insiders believe the Giants will actively look, actively look to trade tight end Evan Ingram, who still has one year remaining on his rookie contract, and then the team option the Giants will have for a year after that. So really they have, if they want it, two more years of control. Um, and he says it's because, quote-unquote, the Giants don't believe he can ever stay healthy. Nick, first of all, I want you to give us a percentage on the chance of Ingram getting traded this offseason. And then second of all, I want you to talk to us about what you would be looking for in a trade if he were to get traded or if you were the Giants GM, or would you just not trade him at all? I do believe it's uh, it's definitely an option for the Giants to look. I think they should definitely pursue to see what they can get, and I would put that at about 30% right now. I mean, there's buzz around the NFL that it could happen, so... I'm expecting Dave Gettleman, the Giants front office, to be looking around and trying to shopping him, seeing what they can acquire. And I guess I would be comfortable with because of his contract situation. You know, they I think I want to say they have to pick his fifth year option up sometime in May. Sometime I want to say it's like May 5th or somewhere around that. But if that doesn't happen and before this happens, I would want like a third and a fifth, maybe two picks, something along those lines. I was thinking maybe a second, but I don't know if that's going to be too rich given his contract. But I would say a third and a fifth. And just thinking about Evan Ingram, man, you go back to 2018. He, I'm looking at his playerprofile.com. They do excellent work with analytics and things like that. He was second in target separation. He was fourth in just cushion just because. And that's among all the other tight ends because linebackers and safeties and whoever's covering him really have to give him that space. And he has the agility to operate in space. It's just all going to come down to his health and how healthy he can be. And it doesn't seem like the Giants believe that he can stay healthy. But I feel like Evan Ingram in Jason Garrett's offense is a recipe for success. And we might not see it if this actually happens. Yeah, I mean, here's where I stand on this one, Nick. As far as percentage chance of Ingram getting traded, I'm going to put it at 20%. I think it's a one in five shot. The reasons I think there's a better, the reason I think there is even as much as a one in five chance of this happening are a few. Uh, the first one is the fact that he was not drafted by anyone currently in the Giants organization. This was a Jerry Reese and Mark Ross pick. Um, secondly, he is coming towards the end of his contract. Now, I would argue that it's in their best interest to not trade him this offseason and instead trade him at the trade deadline if the Giants are not in contention, which everyone, you know, all these negative fans assume the Giants have no shot to be in contention next year. But I guess they didn't just watch a four-win team make it to the Super Bowl because the NFL is a game that changes very fast from offseason to offseason. So I do think there's a chance the Giants can compete. And if they are competing and if they are competitive at the time of the trade deadline, Nick, I think Ingram will be a big reason why. So for me, I wouldn't do it for that reason. Now, as we're as I'm moving towards the second part of this, this question, what would I be looking for? I probably wouldn't be looking in a trade because of that. Now, having said that, you make some great points. For starters... The injuries are super concerning. He was a huge, you know, p- 
piece on this offense last year. They built an offense around his skill set. We saw at times what he was capable of in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, for example, and several others, not only as a weapon in this offense and as a focal point, but more importantly, as a weapon for Daniel Jones's development, a player who he can grow to play with, to build a rapport with, who he was, you know, he was showing a nice rapport with before the injuries started to build up, and just an awesome after the catch burner mismatch in the slot type player who's awesome for any rookie quarterback. Now, another good point you bring up, Nick, that I want to touch on is that this things could get even better for for Ingram in J- Jason Garrett's offense. In the past, Garrett has unlocked a lot of potential out of the tight end. I'm sorry, a lot of production out of the tight end position. It's a tight end friendly offensive system. Everyone knows that, or at least it used to be. At least what he had when he was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys was 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 a tight end friendly offense. So all of those things add up to you maybe wanting to keep Ingram, give him another shot. Another thing that another reason, Nick, that I think the Giants should consider keeping Ingram and instead of trading him is that they don't really have any tight end depth on this offense. And, you know, there's a lot of hope and a lot of potential with Caden Smith, but even if that potential is realized, that's still just one tight end. Rhett Ellison leaning toward retirement. I think otherwise he might be cut. Don't really have any hope for Scott Simonson if they bring him back. They released him, I think it was an injury settlement release. CJ Conrad's an intriguing name. He's currently, you know, one of those future reserve contracts, but not someone I think they can count on. And I think this tight end class, Nick, is disgustingly bad, especially after watching the combine. Just unbelievably bad tight end class. So I don't see any solutions there either. Now, the one thing that intrigues me, Nick, and you mentioned the three and the five, what I'd be looking for instead of a three and a five, Nick, is a top 70 pick, no matter how you can get it. And the reason I say that, Nick, is because there is a player, and we're, and, and you know, he's obviously created himself a lot of buzz after the combine, Claypool from Notre Dame, who to me, profiles, at least athletically, a lot like Evan Ingram. And if they're going to just use Ingram as kind of that big slot role and, you know, detach from line of scrimmage, we've seen Ingram. He's a competitive blocker. He gives it his all, but at the same time, really not an excellent blocker. Then if you could tell me you can get a guy like that in the top 70, in that, like, you know, if the Giants get, you know, 66 overall or 68 overall, yeah, I, I I can get on board with that. But I think more likely than that, a wide receiver uh, is likely to fall into that spot. I don't think Claypool is going to make it outside the third round, personally. I mean, if you look at – someone did an excellent article on – or sorry, someone had an excellent tweet on this, Nick, on Twitter the other day, basically showing guys with his size, speed, combination, and and uh, including the explosiveness, that's the vertical and the broad jumps. And, and basically, there's never been a prospect. There's been like eight to ten of these guys, and every single one of them was picked in the first two rounds. So <laughs> I don't see him getting out of that. So it's kind of tricky for me, Nick. I don't really think they're going to be able to get someone with the pick they acquire for Ingram that can immediately help Daniel Jones' development, quite like Ingram, who, by the way, was with Jones on that trip to to uh, Spain there, or Barcelona, I believe they went on last week. It was Jones, it was Barkley, it was Shepard, it was Ingram. It was, an awesome, it was an awesome thing to see as a Giants fan. But to me, I just don't see, I think it's too big of a hit for Jones' development. Yeah, no, I'm mean, losing Evan Ingram would definitely take a big impact when it comes to that. We've kind of, you know, thrown praise at Ingram, and I, I don't. I wanted to ask you this: Do you believe that he was uh, sort of misused in Shermer's offense? I know we've definitely talked about that in the past, but I feel like if he does stay with the Giants, as we said, Garrett 
is going to just unlock this potential. And uh, I think he knows that too, because I've talked to a couple uh, giant beat reporters and they've mentioned that they've asked Evan Ingram those questions. And Evan Ingram kind of like didn't want to throw Shermer and the offense under the bus, but he kind of acknowledged after Shermer was uh, left that he feels that he has so much more to offer that was just not being explored by Shermer's staff. Well, I think it's a good question, Nick, because there's two ways to look at it. For start, there's two parts of, of Ingram's game that, you know, appeal to me the most. And the first one is what we saw in Shermer's offense, or at least ideally what he what Shermer wanted to get out of him in his offense system. And that's the after the catch second and third gear. You saw it on that, you know, big touchdown run against the Bucs. Plenty of plays where he has that after gear. Even if they didn't go for touchdowns, they went for extra yardage. That, I think, was utilized well, Nick. But what wasn't utilized was something you saw scattered all over his Ole Miss tape with uh, Chad Kelly there at Ole Miss. And I, I, I like Kelly coming out a lot, mostly because I watched a lot of him when I watched Ingram. And that's the vertical game. And he was a massive vertical threat down the seam at Ole Miss. And it just hasn't been realized since coming to the Giants with Shermer and, and with McAdoo before him. So that's part, that's the part you get from Jason Garrett. Part of his system is vertical tight end, you know, stretching the seams vertically with those tight ends. You didn't see it last year with Jason Witten, but you saw it with Blake Jarwin when he got his few snaps with the Cowboys. And now Jarwin's kind of trending to be that tight end one for the Cowboys this year. They have a lot of hype and hope for him. So I think that in a sense, he was it, it, he was misutilized and in the verticals game. And I think he probably thinks that because he believes, A, he can be a vertical threat. B, he can be a contested catch 50-50 jump ball kind of threat because he believes in his athleticism and ability to make those plays, even if we haven't seen it at all times. So, yes, I think in a way he's, it, we can lock in that he was misutilized from the vertical standpoint. And then as far as his playmaking ability on those contested catches, that, that remains to be seen, Nick. But I think you make a good case there that – you know, we still may have not seen the best from Ingram, but I know, you know, a lot of Giants fans aren't going to want to hear this because the injuries, the injuries, the injuries, and I get it. But to me, the better bet here is trading him at the deadline if you're out of contention. Yeah, I like that as well. Okay, let's move forward to another juicy nugget. And this one, Nick, is according to multiple sources close to NJ.com's Matt Lombardo. The Giants, according to these sources, the Giants and potential free agent pass rusher Yannick, and I'm going to butcher his last name. Do you know how to pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. It's Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe have mutual interest. That's quote-unquote mutual interest. However, the Jags plan to franchise tag the young pass rusher, especially now. I'm sure this is a lock after trading uh, A.J. Boue. Um, so now, you know, they've cleared some cap space. I think it was $14 million. Um, And after seeing... And I think this is partially also, by the way, Nick, because the Jacks saw what you can do on the trade market after tagging and, and trying to trade a player um, last offseason. But, you know, teams found success doing that. But, Nick, understanding that any trade for Yannick also means a new contract coming with it, which would also mean he would be the Giants would make him the highest paid defensive player in the NFL because that's what will happen. He will get the high if he doesn't play this year under the franchise tags of the Jags. He will be the highest defensive player, highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Maybe Clowney can pass him. I doubt it. I think it's going to be Yannick. So, what would your offer be to the Jaguars, or would you make one at all? I personally would not, because I feel like the Giants are in a rebuild, and you need to retain as many assets and as many draft capital to kind of help with this rebuild and I don't really want to give this huge contract to Yannick Ngakwe who I do believe is an incredibly talented edge rusher and you don't find many incredibly talented edge rushers that hit the open market at 25 years old but there are parts of his game that aren't necessarily fully 
uh, up to snuff for somebody who was going to be getting paid the most money of any defensive player. And again, I'm not always against resetting the market. I understand how free agency works. You pay the most talented free agent there and they reset the market and it keeps going and the cap just keeps going up and it just keeps getting reset. And that's kind of the nature of the beast. But in the Giants current situation, that's not the direction I would really want to go. Yeah, it's interesting, Nick. I, I, at first, I was definitely in that camp, and that's, that is where I am now. But I see the other side of it, too. I mean, for starters, Dave Gettleman will tell you that you can trade these picks for players, young players on, that he believes are proven, because that's how you acquire talent. It's a better way than drafting, because the draft is a crapshoot. They're not totally wrong. I mean, that's the logic he used to trade for Leonard Williams. But, you know, Williams' is, is deal is going to look a lot different than Yannick's. Yannick's is going to exceed $22 million a year. And when you guarantee that kind of money... To me, you need a two-way player. And from what I've seen, and mostly from what I've read, like I said, I don't have time to – I said, talked, had this debate on Twitter today, Nick. Someone was grilling me for this. I'm like, I don't have time to grind Jags all 22 tape. I'm not going to watch 16 Jaguars games on all 22 or more. But I'll go by the metrics. And there's two great sources out there who say that he's not a good run defender. He's a subpar run defender. So if I'm trying to sign a – you know, a – the highest paid player in the NFL, I need a two-way player. And more so than that, I'm not going to trade a third-round pick or a second-round pick is what it would probably cost the Giants at least. Probably a first. I mean, it's probably a first. The Giants first, probably not. But maybe a future first they're looking for if they traded with the Giants or they would kind of maybe go for a second plus Evan Ingram. I'm not giving up Evan Ingram and a second-round pick for Yannick when I can just sign Jadavion Clowney in the free agent market and keep Evan Ingram and that second round pick. It's crazy stuff to me. I'm just not doing it. I didn't like trading for Leonard Williams, so this shouldn't come as a surprise to any of our listeners, Nick. But, you know, I do see the idea of it because you're guaranteed, you know, you're getting a guy who's young, hasn't missed much time with injury, and is a premier pass rusher. And it's going to be tough for the Giants to find that otherwise during this offseason. That's the flip side of the argument. If the Giants are dead set on finding that this offseason, that's the best way they can do it. And it's true. It is the best way they can do it, but it comes at a cost. And for me, that cost is too high. It would be a huge cost, too, especially considering the Leonard Williams trade. If you had to trade that second round pick, you're just looking at the Giants having a compensatory pick in the third and then the yeah. first in the first three rounds. I mean, that's not the way you really want to do this rebuild, especially when Dave Gettleman's real strength as general manager is evaluating talent and bringing that talent into the team. Yeah, and that doesn't even dive into the other factors like you need these draft picks because if you hit on them, they're under a rookie contract for four years at not yep. pennies against the cap. I mean, there's there's tons of reasons. But, you know, based on the market we saw last year for for pass rushers, the trade market, I don't even think a second would get it done. I think it would be a second in Evan Ingram and that again or something like that. And, you know, a second in, in Dalvin Tomlinson, something like that. I just things I don't want to see happen personally. But 100%. other news. In other news, Nick, the Giants are apparently, and this is going to come as a massive shock to you and our listeners, so brace yourselves. They're out of the running for Tom Brady and free agency. Can you believe it? The Giants, just, just a week ago, were famously named as one of the three teams who could pursue him by a longtime Pats beat reporter who's, who's been pretty good. It's a great track record. And then there was some other talk from another report earlier in January that the Giants are a team to watch if Brady and free agency. Thankfully... This report has since been debunked by Albert Breer, uh, Sports Illustrated. And is there anything to add to this one, Nick, or anything? I mean, there's really not. But I will, I turned on like sports radio when I was driving to the gym or something like that, and they were like talking about that like crazy New York sports radio. 
And I was just like, why are you guys even entertaining this? And I get it. They need to fill content. They have hours to fill and all that stuff. But obviously, that wouldn't make sense from Tom Brady's perspective. It wouldn't make sense from the Giants' perspective. Dave Gettleman is a general manager who was wooing and fell in love with Daniel Jones, who played well as a rookie. Why would they bring in a 42-year-old quarterback? Why would a 42-year-old quarterback come to a rebuild? None of it made sense whatsoever. But, you know, that's just some of these stories at this time of the year. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it never made sense. I never entertained it. But for my own, if you want to, I'm just going to drop in my own thoughts on this Brady frequency because I've been locked in with this. Obviously, it's a big part of my job. Yeah. I think there's three teams. He's There's three team, potential teams he will go to, and I don't think anyone else is in the running. And I backed this up with, with a little bit of a wager on DraftKings because they had a market open for a little while. They took it down recently, um, Brady's, Brady's landing spots, and put a big wager on him resigning with the Patriots. That's what I think happens. But there's two teams I think there's only two other teams who I think are in play, so I put a small, small, small kind of hedge on those two teams. The first one is the obvious one, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think everybody knows why. They're very close to winning the Super Bowl. The second one for me is the San Francisco 49ers, and this is a crazy one, but I do believe there's mutual interest there. I believe that the Niners realize they have a better chance to win a Super Bowl. This is my opinion as well with Brady over Garoppolo. I, I've made it clear on this podcast in the past, Nick, I'm not a big Jimmy G guy. I um, think that a lot of his success is based on Shanahan and the run, run the run game uh, and the offensive line. But, you know, it's an awesome landing spot for Brady. And I think it has a much better chance than the current than the odds. The odds I got were like plus 8000, I believe. So that was awesome to see um, there with Brady. Uh, but we'll see what happens on that front, because, you know, that would take a lot of moving pieces. Then I believe they would obviously have to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he goes back to the Patriots. Who knows? I think in the end, he probably resigns the Patriots. Tom Brady's not signing with the Bucs, guys. He's not signing with any team that is not close to winning a championship. He's only playing to win championships. That's Tom Brady. He's literally the most competitive player in the NFL. It's a big reason why he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time in many people's minds, the best, but certainly the most accomplished is because of that competitive drive. So that's my take on that, Nick, but let's move back to giants news here. And this- I got one thing. One of the, with yeah, the, 40, yeah, with the 49, with the 49 er one, Dan, like I feel like the 49ers run a lot of like sprint out and roll out and move the pocket type of things. And I don't know if that would mesh too well with Brady's skill set at the moment. Is that something that, uh, do you think that would affect it at all? I haven't seen as much of that as you have. Um, I'd have to go back though, obviously. And, and relook at it, Nick. For for yeah. me, where he fits more and what they do more is just that quick, decisive throw get, mm. uh, passing game. It's really just the hit your back foot, let it rip. And that's what Jimmy's good at. That's why they traded for him. That's why they gave him this big deal. But like for me, it's like, okay, Jimmy's good at that, especially when they're playing from ahead. And then as you saw in the Super Bowl, once they get into pass mode and they're playing from behind or they need to pick up yardage and points in the passing game, that's when he's not as good, when it's not, you know, when his reads aren't as defined. But that's really the area of the game where I think Brady could really help that 49ers offense. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I'm definitely, those are my three teams, and we'll see what happens there. But most likely he'll be back with the Patriots. But let's pivot a little to probably the biggest Giants news, at least in my opinion, because of who it comes from, and that's SNY's Ralph Vacchiano. Now, a couple things to note. This is a dead time in the offseason for the Giants beat writers, yet they still have a job to do. And unlike my job where I'm covering the entire NFL, they're just covering one team. So there is some thoughts. I mean, that I wouldn't say some thoughts that they're, that these reports and these rumors and these buzz are made up. They're not made up, but I think there is definitely a concern on my end that some of this reporting is speculation-based, connecting the dots-based, and some of it is from anonymous sources. But that, that I believe in these sources, but 
some of these sources have an agenda and they're giving information to these beat writers for a reason, one way or the other. This is especially true in draft season, and we'll get to that as we move forward. And Nick, I'm sure you're well aware of this as well. There are teams, including the Giants, and I know this for a fact because I have spoken with a former NFL head coach, and this was on the record, John Fox, who said the Giants are one of several teams who purposely leak false information regarding the draft. So as we get closer, that for sure, there will be some false information there. But I also think some of this will come down with free agency. I think it's a time of the year where there needs to be content because that's the name of the business. And some of it is not speculation, but a combination of reports, speculation, and, you know, connecting the dots. So anyway, let's get to what Ralph reported on because there's a lot. So I'm just going to quote him so I don't misquote him. So Ralph basically says this, the Gi- quote, the Giants are definitely looking to add a cornerback in free agency, according to NFL sources, but it doesn't appear they're willing to make a big splash despite their abundance of cap space. He said the feeling he got was that they're, not, uh, that they're going to be tempted to spend the big money, but if it is, it's for a pass rusher or offensive lineman. At corner, they want a bargain, is what Ralph reports. He says the lone exceptions might be James Bradbury, who Gettleman drafted in the second round of Carolina. Or, he says there's some interest, according to his source, the giant that the Giants uh, are interested in Byron Jones. Um, and, you know, that, that he believes that that would have to do with uh, Jason Garrett, the connection there. Um, but he doesn't really believe they're going to be big players for either because, again, they're not going to be spending big. Now, he says, don't completely rule the Giants out in the chase for the top-of-the-market tackles, even though there really isn't, aren't any, unless you consider Jack Conklin the only one. But he says, it's a good bet Jack Conklin's price will be too crazy for them. Sounds like most people expect the Giants will be looking at second-tier free agents. And he also reports, and this is a draft uh, you know, note, Nick, if they don't draft, if they don't take a tackle in the first round of the draft, you can pencil them in for one in the second, which to me is ridiculous. The Giants are not drafting like that. Like we got to take it on. This is not how the draft works. Um, but, but anyway, and and there's another factor in, and then he says, and that's another factor in what could be an underwhelming dip into the free agent pool for the Giants. They have key players like tight end Evan Ingram, safety Jabil Peppers, entering the final year of their contracts, not including the fifth-year options. And it seems Gettleman is open to extending these guys during the, during the season. He mentions Dalvin Tomlinson, too. He says they're going to need to save their cap space for that. So there's a ton to unpack there, Nick. Start wherever you like. I'll jump <laughs> in when I can. Um, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think the Giants are – it would behoove of them to really go after one of these top cornerbacks, Byron Jones – Bradbury, they both have connections with the Giants. And honestly, I would be fine with the I really want the Giants to pursue Byron Jones. And I would see that link between Gettleman and Bradbury. Bradbury's uh, I don't want to call him inconsistent, but yeah, I guess sometimes he has been inconsistent. But from all accounts, again, I don't grind the tape of Carolina, but from all accounts, he's been a solid player and he's young and he's good against the run, all those kind of things that you're looking for. So I think that's an easy dots to connect right there when it comes to the cornerbacks. Now, also, when it comes to the whole pencil in the second round of the draft, they're going to draft an offensive tackle. The thing that I kind of lean towards that is do the Giants have a really high priority on taking the tackle early? And maybe that's what's kind of, I guess, uh, not being intimated by Ralph, but something that I can maybe take away from that is if they don't take him in the first round, you could pencil in for the second, maybe – it's going to be – we all know it's a priority to take the first round, but maybe the Giants are really looking at those four tackles. And I'm sure they're considering Isaiah Simmons, but maybe they're putting such a high priority on the tackles. And that combined with the skill set of these tackles may 
way in the direction of the Giants going tackle in the first round. But again, it's early on in the draft process. It's just something that popped in my head when I did read the report. And when it comes to extending the guys, Jabril Peppers, Dalvin Tomlinson, Evan Ingram to get more cap space, I'm all for that because I do like all of these players. Again, Evan Ingram, you have the concerns. We kind of went over that before. But I think Jabril Peppers is a good leader on that defense. And he's very, very solid as a run defender. He can have those coverage lapses sometimes, but I would love for him to be a longtime giant. And you guys know my love for Dalvin Tomlinson. So that is a lot to unpack from this report. But I think connecting those dots with the cornerbacks is just something that's going to happen. And I do believe that the Giants need to add a cornerback to this team because you're really relying heavily on the development of a bunch of young players and a lot of them that were really either inconsistent or they struggled. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack next. I'm going to start with the top one, and that's at corner they want a veteran bargain who can guide their young players like DeAndre Baker and Sam Bale. I don't think that should be their objective here. I think at corner they need a number one. Can DeAndre Baker eventually become that one? Sure. Can Z- Sam Beal potentially become that one? I don't know, but maybe. But that's not the point. If they want to compete now, and they should be wanting to compete now, they have a quarterback for only a couple, a few more years, not a couple, under his rookie contract. Now is the window. Attack, attack, attack. And if they want to compete, they need a number one. The best bet for them to get one outside of drafting Jeffrey Okuda and having him just immediately trans- transfer to the NFL as a number one, which is no guarantee, it's not even close to a guarantee, is to get Byron Jones in free agency. Bradbury is an interesting player. I talked to a Carolina Beat guy who really likes him, thinks that he is almost as good as Jones, just doesn't have the name brand. I don't know if I agree with that. I think, in general, Jones' deal is only going to cost a little bit more than, than, than Bradbury. And again, these numbers are pretty meaningless for a lot of reasons. For starters, the cap may go up by $40 million this year. And with the new CBA, it's going to go up even more than that. Secondly, the Giants are going to already have close to $86 million. They have no one under contract on either side of the ball, really. Um, so, obviously, we've talked a lot about that, but I believe the Giants should be spenders. So, I think it would be foolish of them to do that. Now, if they are, as Ralph says, if they're going to spend big money, the feeling is that it would come at pass rusher offensive linemen. I'm okay with that. If they want to sign Jadavian Clowning instead of Byron Jones for whatever reason— I, it's not my top choice, but I'm fine with that. It's a, it's a good splash. It gives them a lot more flexibility in the drafts. So I don't have to worry about getting an edge there, and it's not a great edge class. Um, so that's not, you know, it's it's not the worst idea there. Um, and as far as the offensive line goes with Conklin, you know, Ralph says he thinks he'll get overpriced. I, I, I'm fine with passing on Conklin personally, Nick. He's a great run blocker, and he's young, and he could get better, and he's a good first-round pedigree, but – there's some serious issues with him in pass protection. And I think with these guys, it's kind of like the Andrew Thomas thing for me. And we'll get, and you know, I, I like Thomas. So I don't want to leave people thinking I don't like him. I just don't like him as much maybe as, as Werfs or, or Becton. But, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the whole thing with the Titans. He's a little bit hidden by the Titans offensive system. Cause there's a lot of, there's not that many true. They're not really in too many true pass sets there in that run heavy offense. That's really basing a lot of their passing game on the play action passing game. So, you know, and that, that was similar to Georgia's offense as well, which, you know, gives me some reason for concern there, which is what I was bringing up before, but, you know, under, with all those things in mind, Nick, I want to at least touch on the last part too, and get your thoughts on that because, you know, the idea that they need to save money, save cap to re-sign Ingram, Peppers, and Tomlinson. First of all, it wouldn't shock me if if these guys are all in their plans. Even Tomlinson, even with all this uh, interior D line depth, you know Gettleman is not a believer in they can ever you can ever have too many 
interior defensive lineman. So it wouldn't shock me. And like you said, and like you've harped on, he's a player who really came into his own last year and played his best football of his career. So he's, you know, you don't want to lose a Linville Joseph. Maybe Tomlinson can become that next Joseph. But as far as Ingram and Peppers goes, I think a lot remains to be seen there. I don't think Gettleman's penciling either of those in for mid-year contract extensions. Plus, I think he likely use up their fifth-year rookie options uh, if he needs to. So even if they were to re-sign all those players, they still have room for a Byron Jones, Nick. It's the crazy part. It's like, I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when it comes to the cat, Nick, because does anyone, I I just want to, I just want, all I want to do here, Nick, I'm going to calm down for a second. All I want to do here is direct people to the Cowboys roster. And I want people to look at how many young players they've re-signed to big contracts. Look at that number of players. Cooper's about to get tagged. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, three of their offensive linemen. No, wait, sorry, four of their offensive linemen, I'm pretty sure. Four of the core linemen. Then you got Jalen Smith, their inside backer they just re-signed to a massive deal. In addition to Demarcus Lawrence, their massive edge. The Giants don't have anywhere near these this amount of contracts. They don't even have one guy re-signed to a long-term deal they have to worry about uh, in, in that range, at least a young guy with many years left. So they have plenty of room for Byron Jones. They have room for tons of these deals. The cap is going to be maneuvered. It's not just the Cowboys. The Saints have a very similar situation. Plenty of teams have been working. The Eagles, another team who I believe is probably going to steal Byron Jones from the, from the Giants because they're smart enough to spend because they realize the cap doesn't really matter. It doesn't not going to affect them. There's plenty of teams who have gotten around the cap and have plenty of massive contracts under, you know, under the books for their cap. The Cowboys, Saints, Eagles, I, I implore all of you guys to look at their look at their salary cap situation, look at their roster, and come back to me and then tell me the Giants need to save money for Ingram, Peppers, and Tomlinson. So to me, it's all hogwash. I'm not saying his report won't come true, Nick, but it, to me, it would be a disappointing mistake. No, yeah, I was talking before about just how resigning these people. I don't believe that their contracts are going to hinder the Giants from going no, I, out. And, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I don't even understand. Like Gettleman, right now, he knows he's on the hot seat. He knows his team needs to compete this year, and he has so much cap space. Something the Giants ne- haven't necessarily had because they were paying Eli Manning a shit ton of money, <laughs> and now Eli has retired. So why would Gettleman be conservative with the cap when there is a lot of talent out there too? Sometimes free agent cycles come around. There's not that many talented players we have guys in their mid-20s at the top of their position hitting free agency with all this cap space a new coaching staff coming in i I think gettleman's going to go out and he's going to uh want to spend and i don't believe that the contracts of peppers ingram and tomlinson are going to stop him from doing yeah i mean even the guys that are under contract now for big money we're talking pennies compared to these cowboys saints eagles deals we're talking about shepherd who's making what eight ten million or ten million a year under that barkley under 10 million a year jones sub 10 million a year so you know zeitler even is 10 million a year this is nothing this is nothing we're, we're looking at we're staring down the barrel of a likely 200 million dollar salary cap so i mean we're talking about nothing so you know, it, it, we'll see what happens here, Nick, but I do believe they should be way more aggressive than Ralph's projecting. So hopefully this report doesn't come true. But the last note, last free agent buzz note one to get to on this podcast um, is Matt Lombardo's report from NJ and Matt Lombardo from NJ.com reported the Giants are actively looking to trade down in the NFL draft with the idea of drafting defensive interior lineman Derek Brown out of Auburn. Um, so my question for you, Nick, is. Is this one of those cases where the Giants are purposely leaking this information uh, for whatever reason, or do you believe there's genuine interest for the Giants 
to not only trade down, but to draft Derek Jones. Or, I'm sorry, Derek Brown. I don't believe the Giants are targeting Derek Brown. I believe I, I think it's an easy kind of a way to uh, assign Dave Gettleman. He's dumb. He doesn't know what he's doing. He loves the interior defensive lineman. He's stuck in the 1980s. And I think it's easy to say that, especially after the Leonard Williams trade. But I don't believe Dave Gettleman is going to use a top 10 pick on a defensive lineman after drafting Dexter Lawrence, BJ Hill, trading for Leonard Williams. Even if they don't resign Leonard Williams, I don't. I still don't believe that, especially after Derek Brown's combine. But even that, the, the tape speaks for itself. Derek Brown is an incredibly talented player, but the Giants have needs everywhere, and their strength is in the defensive line. I don't believe this report, and I think it's an easy target to point at Gettleman and say this, and it gets a lot of buzz, especially during this time of year, but no, I, I don't think there's validity to it, and although I do feel like Brown is incredibly talented, and he's going to go to a team, and he's going to have an impact, I don't believe that team will be the Giants. No, I'm with you, Nick. I think, I'm hoping there's some truth behind the trade down. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> and you know what? After listening back to Gettleman's uh, combine interview, or his combine press, or whatever you want to call it. I do actually think there's a good chance because he did have a, you know, I think we talked about him in the last pod, but he had a nice little comment towards the end where he basically said, you know, the perfect situation is when value meets need, and he was referring to trading down. And he and and, and right after mentioning, he thinks there's a lot of good players in this draft class, but I don't think there's any chance they draft Derek Brown. I really don't. I, I just there, it's not going to happen. Don't worry, guys. They have time. They have. They realize, but I mean, maybe it happens if they let Williams hit free agency, Leonard Williams, which I don't think is going to happen anyway. But I, you know, I really don't. Even if even if they do, I don't see it happening. But especially because I do think they're going to re-sign Williams, I think there's no chance of this happening. So I'll chalk this one up to falsely leaked information or, or a bad source or whatever you want to refer to. Yeah, why would they even uh, falsely leak this? Would it be because of Leonard Williams and the fact that he may be demanding too much or something along those lines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's tons of reasons. It could be that. It could be that they want to, that they realize that they're, you know, that the idea of them trading down is starting to catch buzz and they know teams know this, but they want to put teams off the scent of who they're actually looking to target if they do trade down or who they're actually hoping falls if they do trade down, so it's an easy name to throw out there. Connect with Dots, Gettleman, Brown, but that's yeah. somebody if they're not interested in is a good name to get out there um, if they were to trade down. I don't know if the NFL personnel would believe that, but I mean, I don't, you know, who knows how they actually view uh, Dave Gettleman, but I, I don't see them believing the fact that the Giants would be interested in Derek Brown. Uh, the trading down thing, definitely, and I, there's a lot of uh, validity to that, and I do hope the Giants trade down, especially to those three teams directly behind the Giants. I think that would be excellent for the team to just acquire more assets, and they would still land one of their top guys, which would be awesome. It would be tackle, could be Isaiah Simmons, but, I mean, there's, <laughs> the draft is coming, Dan, and I am ready, man, because this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun offseason. The agency, the draft, it's all on the way. Thank you to everyone again for tuning in. We hope you like this new edition of the show, kind of a free agent draft buzz recap. We're going to try to do more of these if you like this. So definitely write us some feedback on Twitter, wherever you can find us. Um, tell us what you thought of this show. And on that note, we will speak to you soon. Have a great week and go Giants. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com